0: Chiefs win 19-8 over the Denver Broncos in another game that we'll be spending more time praising the defense rather than the offense, but that's okay, because the Chiefs have the best record in the AFC right now at 5-1, and, and we don't care how they do it. A dub is a dub, and we're going to talk about it today on 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ten Things. Hello, good people, and welcome to Ten Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel with Haley Lewis, and we've got some Chiefs information for you: some stats, some records, some just random good information for you to know and for you to repeat to your friends to help you uh, look smarter to your friends as a smarter Chiefs fan. It's a lot of cool information, thanks to the Chiefs Communications Department. Next gen stats, pro football focus, kind of bring in a lot of information from a lot of different places. Um, so I'm excited to get into this show. It's always nice, Haley, to talk about a cheese up.
1: Yeah, it's a a win is a win kind of day. I said that last week, and I don't care.
0: Yeah, just, <laughs> the just, just is win five the game, and one in the game and move on. They don't always have to be pretty, and they don't always have to be dominant. Exactly. Uh, before we get into it, just how was the kingdom? Bar? I know you were at the kingdom bar and grill with, with the boys the boys alarm. were
1: not at home yeah. they were out the boys were out and about uh we had a good time it was definitely a good atmosphere and the fun part is everyone there is just as invested as the boys from the home and <laughs> it was it was fun to see so yeah always always a good time there drinks are good food is good yeah i'm a, I'm a food critic so it's good food not really. Just by just by TikTok sometimes.
0: love there being for the for the road games uh, when we're in town. Obviously, with the Minnesota yeah. game, we were out of town, but uh, I'm taking my son to that one. And then it was my wife and I were at the game last night, but I know if you're looking for a spot to watch the Chiefs games, uh, where they're home, away, whatever they are, and you're in the Overland Park-ish area, head over to the Kingdom Bar and Grill. They're in 27th Antioch. It's a good spot, but... Uh, speaking of restaurants, we do have to thank the partner of this show, uh, Mission Taco Joint, now with three locations in Kansas City, including the new one out in Leewood and Park Place over by Town Center. And Mission Taco was gener- generous enough to help support our Feed It Forward program with Hope Faith Ministries, the homeless shelter downtown. Haley, and actually, we are going tomorrow because Thursday, Tuesday of the month, we'll be at Hope Faith tomorrow on Tuesday delivering. lunches and the meals to the folks over there at hope faith so we appreciate mission taco for partnering with us on the network side of things but also with the kcsn foundation helping us give back to the community we appreciate everybody who's listening we have a ton of uh subscriber and just content consumer support with the different things we do in the community and we'll spend a ton of time talking about it spend more time trying to do it uh yeah talking about all things that we're doing but it is a huge part of of what we're about at KC Sports Network and we appreciate all your support and if you would like to support the businesses that are supporting us like Mission Taco Joint if you go on Tuesdays and you mention Mission Taco or you mention KC Sports Network you will get 10% off and I misspoke the delivery is next Tuesday yeah I'm thinking it's Monday
1: I I kind of went with you on that and then Tucker and I looked at each other and we're like
0: you could just say hey idiot like that's not correct
1: well I like that you I mean I feel like you sign off my checks, so I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> checks. got no checks. We have direct deposit. I don't have to sign in. That's okay. why we have payroll companies and CPAs.
1: In and, and other news, I did go to Mishitaka last Tuesday mm. and had the drink. I can't remember the drink name, but you, you know me. I'm like a little bit of a baby when it comes to tasting the bibb, And it was really good. Kind of like a pineapple y yep. kind of, it was It was very good. And plus, of always, they have great guac i love it so yes and over there
0: yeah oh. so while we're continuing to to plug things if you go to mission taco <laughs> joint and you order the any given holiday with made with the ben holiday bourbon it's got some pineapples some simple syrup some other stuff in it uh that's just delicious uh proceeds from all of the drinks go to braden's hope uh fighting against mm-hmm. pediatric uh childhood cancer is another one of the the groups that we work with and another one of the organizations that benefits from the different things that we're doing within the community so we appreciate Mission Taco for a lot of different things. And that was a cool one because it got to bring together Holiday Distillery, Mission yeah. Taco, and everything. So, again, go order the any given holiday anytime during football season. Uh, and proceeds from that will go to support Braden's Hope. So, we appreciate that. Drink, drink for the children. Yeah. Drink up. Feel good about it. I will it do that. For reasons because they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. it. was the <laughs> toughest day at work I've ever had. It was roughly say. Yeah. Sample those <laughs> drinks. But let's get into the, the actual stuff here. All right. Uh, so the YouTube comments can let everybody know where to skip to when the football conversation starts because that's... A- it has begun. Everybody, it's right now. All right. Let's get into the 10 things. Let's start with the kind of the overall one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs celebrate their 400th game at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium with the victory on Thursday as Thursday night's game marked the 400th regular season game at Arrowhead. The Chiefs own a 242-157-1 and one record in those 400 regular season games. At GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Pretty
1: It's the history there is so cool. I mean, everyone knows how cool it is to go to Arrowhead Stadium. But the cool part about that is the other day I was um my grandfather who's passed, we were looking through a few of his things and my mom brought this up to me. He had season tickets to Kansas City Municipal Stadium before. So we were looking at those, and it was this. Old, it was like you you write it in, right? And so he wrote it down on a piece of paper, checked what he wanted for season tickets, and sent it in. I think he paid like seventy five dollars or something for season tickets. Uh, and it was so cool to see that because I remember sitting down with him and him telling me about just the history behind that, and then how it came into Arrowhead and how proud the town was to build Arrowhead, and just to see what you know the Hunt family has done and, and the history behind it and the. It's yes, it is in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere for people from not from around here, right? They always they kind of refer to it as that, but it is such an amazing. I mean, you've been tailgating there before, probably more recently than I have. Such an amazing culture and and just stadium and atmosphere and everyone who ever comes from another NFL team and comes to Arrowhead Stadium. I'm getting off topic here, but I just love that stadium. It's so cool to see the history behind it. Yeah,
0: we. Obviously, see things through like our lens, and we don't yeah. understand, I guess, the dynamics of different fan bases. But we always know with with Chiefs and with Chiefs fans, such a generational fan base. Mm-hmm. Like your family, like grandfather, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing. Like I grew up with season tickets, going with my dad, sat section three thirty eight, row ten, seats eleven and twelve. Like I can to this day, I could walk up there and not the same seats because they've changed them out, made them a little wider, and so they moved around, and the numbers are all different. But I can tell you exactly where we were sitting, mm-hmm. just because I remember coming out of that tunnel. Every Sunday or every other Sunday, you know, for 15 years when I was a kid and just always getting yeah. that feeling. And anybody who's been at Arrowhead or been in that parking lot, I know people make comments about parking lots and I've had a chance to go to a lot of different stadiums and I've see how they're set up. Parking lots. But it it's so unique at Arrowhead and the way that it the parking is. is set up that everybody is just a giant party and there's really not that many stadiums, especially now where they're getting more towards downtown and more mm-hmm. towards like uh areas where there's a lot of stuff going on because they want the bars and the restaurants and all the different things that people can do before and after the game. Whereas Arrowhead's like before and after the game, you're hanging out with your buddy, yeah, hanging out with your family time. in the parking lot. And for people who aren't used to that, might not seem as fun. But for people who grew up with it, like that's what it's about. Yeah, I'm they knock it down. Like every stadium should be like that because it creates more fun to do that. And so I will always um an Arrowhead for that. But let's move on to number two and this will be a long section but it's about what this win means and all the different things that come along with beating denver for the eight millionth time in a row um (laughs) not eight million but we'll get it. chiefs extend the winning streak against the broncos the chiefs have now defeated the broncos 16 consecutive times after the 19 to 8 win um team's winning streak dates dates back now to november 5th 2015 the win not only extended the franchise record for the longest winning streak against a single opponent but moves the Chiefs into sole possession for the third longest winning streak against a single opponent in NFL history. Just absolutely continuing to dominate the Broncos. And Haley, really the fun thing about this, the game that, that started this November 5th, 2015, mm-hmm. I will not forget that game. I believe... Really? What? Now I'm second guessing myself oh, sorry. what this was. Spot. No, actually, I think... I, I believe it was the game that Peyton Manning was benched. Okay. That was in Denver in which he became, the and Tucker can look this up and see if off will top my head. That guy. Um, the That he became the NFL's like all-time passing leader. He ended up getting benched in the first half of that game because he was playing so poorly. They kept him in long enough, I think, mm-hmm. just to break that record. And I just remember thinking, holy cow, like the Chiefs started a streak mm-hmm. when the quarterback just set the all-time passing record. But pretty crazy to think that it's the third longest streak against a single opponent in NFL history. And, Chiefs are in the middle of it. So
1: is he the last quarterback? Is Peyton Manning with the Broncos the last quarterback to beat the Chiefs mm-hmm. before okay, before that streak happened? I, I mean it's it's really cool. I started covering the Chiefs as as an adult back in 2019. It's crazy to just see. Never had a problem with Denver.
0: I think the problem, Tucker, I think I'm right on this. And the reason I'm confused is it is Novi- it says November fifth here, but on the actual like records, it says November fifteenth. The game was on November fifteenth. I think it was a typo. The reason I remember that is the anniversary of my dad passing. And I remember being in Denver in the press box and just thinking about my dad the whole time, thinking he would love watching Patriots yeah. get benched in this game. And so, like, that's why I remember that date. It'll always stand out.
1: That's but, pretty cool. That's a good memory.
0: Yeah. But the number two streak also against Denver from 1964 to 1969. And they won 11 straight against the Broncos. So, how like she's pretty good at dominating the Broncos,
1: also dominating the AFC West. That's. I think that's what stands out to me the most. Most out of the streak. I mean, it's it's cool to see the fact that we we always say when we go into these divisional games, covering them a lot, that it's always something wonky. You know, something weird comes that out weird of divisional games. games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> hashtag that, and it. it's like uh, I heard that before, but it, it truly is every time that the Chiefs face a divisional opponent, it's just it's the. I don't know if it's just the familiarity with seeing each other so often, but. It, everyone kept calling for the blowout yesterday and I'm not going to lie. I'm sure I put that prediction somewhere on air and I have to stand by that. But I also in the back of my head was kind of thinking, I'm sure with a lot of other people in, in the media that eh, this is. I always kind of pan out, pan out, you know, tough toward the end. They are a terrible team, but no. to be able to continue to dominate the West like they have. And I think that rolls into your next point. Yeah, and, and right ahead, correct.
0: I'll say, I feel pretty good about all my predict- predictions going into this game. I talked with Rachel Vigil, who covers Denver, covers the Denver Broncos over in Denver. What was your prediction? Done, I thought the Chiefs would win, but I thought it was going to be a one possession game. And I had said, I, I did mind. the five things to watch. I said, Mahomes struggles so that's on t- against the Broncos. It is on tape. Okay. We, we have receipts. <laughs> I have lots of receipts of this saying the Broncos play that Mahomes last year put up yards. He had over 300 yards passing in both those games, but he also threw four interceptions. And the Chiefs only won those two games by nine total points. And so, like, they might not be very good. They might feel like it's not as close. Like, last Mm night's game did not feel as close as it it actually was because the Broncos could not do anything. And the Chiefs, it was just make a lot of big plays. And I'd I'd rather the Chiefs right now, completely different discussion, I'd rather the Chiefs be at third and eight and third and one. I am more confident in their ability to convert on third and eight than I am in third and one because they won't just line up and run the football. And the only other play they have is that little inside trap pull guard pull thing with the fullback whatever that play is called reopens up in the inside and it was the Anthony Sherman play and it was the Michael Burton play and now it's the Isaiah Pacheco like I don't, I don't know pull. why it just seems to fall apart on third and one I, I don't know where it, where the that would be a whole other discussion yeah um but so yeah. the offensive line looked pretty frustrated coming off the one where they did the zone read play with yeah 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 Kadarius tony that was a fourth down um there was some offensive line didn't look real thrilled coming off the coming off but uh yeah let's move it on to the next one the chiefs keep it rolling with their fifth straight victory with the chiefs 19-8 win over the afc west division rival denver broncos the chiefs notched their fifth consecutive win of the 2023 season now with five straight wins this season the chiefs were franchised Has recorded 11 straight seasons with a winning streak of at least five games during the regular season. That's nice. That's all under Andy Reid. So since Andy Reid's arrival in 2013, the club has had streaks of nine straight wins in 2013, five straight in 2014, 10 straight in 2015, five straight in 2016, five straight in 2017 and 2018, six straight in 2019, 10 straight in 2020, eight straight in 2021. Two separate five-game winning streaks in 2022, and now five straight wins after the opening loss to the Detroit Lions. Chiefs could very easily be undefeated. But but five straight wins now in 2023. Interesting nugget here. Since the AFL-NFL merger back in 1970, no other NFL team has had more than seven consecutive seasons with at least a five-game winning streak outside of the Chiefs. Pretty crazy. That's impressive. 11 consecutive seasons with a five game winning streak. Shout out to communication department, whoever's who hunted that interns, whatever they're doing over there. Uh, this is really interesting stuff because you have to think about these kinds of things to look them up, Mm -hmm. and then you've done like I used to do this all the time. Like, I'd try to chase down a staff, new interesting thing, and then I would spend all this time and I get to the end, I'm like. Not interesting out. at all, yeah, but they're right in the not of the league <laughs> that did not add up at all. I but think this, though, just cool
1: goes more, you know, to the point of ever since Andy Reid's been here, what he's been able to do, consistency over, you know, this long period, now 10-year stretch, is just showing you the type of A, culture, team, roster, mm-hmm. personnel that he can build. And it's consistency, as we always know, consistency is what wins and the fact that he's been able to do this. I didn't know that they had uh, two separate five-game streaks in 2022. And then I think you said, what, six straight in 2019? That was the Super Bowl 54 year that Mm -hmm. they won. Ten straight in 2020 when they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just its impressive. Uh, They've continued to just dominate. And I know we're all going to probably talk and pick apart some of the offense and things like that, but
0: uh, we got a good yeah, we talk about golden age and not normalizing greatness, not normalizing this, yeah, era of Chiefs football that we're in right now. And that's why I love this show. I love talking about these things. It helps me remember them and helps give context to, you know, what it, we're going through right now. And to not necessarily only dwell on the negative. Yeah, and it's really easy to do to be like, oh, they got to yeah. be better about this. The offense got to be better. We got to do this. The wide receiver's got to be better. The short yardage. I just talked about it. The short yardage stuff's got to be better. Mm-hmm. Like you're always chasing perfection you're always chasing getting better and i think that's the beauty of looking at these streaks is andy reed is not complacent on anything they're not going to win two or three games yeah. and then start to feel themselves a little bit and let them kind of get mentally out of what had led them to finding success in the first place they win a game they immediately move on and they're not caught up in hey we're feeling pretty good because in these streaks they have big wins they have yeah. comeback wins they have exciting wins and guess what the next day they're studying they're this team right now, and granted, Thursday night they got a couple extra days, but uh, you can't tell me Patrick Mahomes hasn't been watching film or studying what they're going to see with the Chargers right. that he hasn't right. not opened a book or looked at it in some way, shape, or form. And we know, you know, from covering them as well, Andy Reid going back to Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, they are studying their schemes and prepping for them. Going back to OTAs, they have a at la chargers day where they kind of lightly discuss the different schemes the different things that they'll see so it's fresh of mind because you're going to play them twice a year and when you're division you go to the playoffs and so it always started with win the division first i know expectations at this point are much much higher mm-hmm. but there's a method to the madness and there's a reason why the success has been there consistently.
1: because that's where also they had to start you know when reed came here and that's that was the beginning of everything so i think that's a great point to say that you do have to uh, expectations are much higher, but they once that once was never you know a thought chiefs could really do that so yeah. it's cool to see
0: said most clutch moment in kansas city sports history was clark hunt flying to philadelphia yeah keeping andy Reid going andy to Reed. arizona so go meet <laughs> him at the airport all right number three chiefs hit 150 chiefs have now recorded 101 consecutive games posting at least 150 passing yards Dating back to week four of the 2017 season, the streak of 101 consecutive games moves them into second for the longest consecutive streak of games hitting such a mark. The Chiefs previously were tied with the Detroit Lions and will look for 24 more games to claim first. They've got a ways to go. It's going to take, what, about a year and a half? Yep. Yeah. Something like yeah. that for uh, Patchmore. Here's the one who could today. do math. Than <laughs> 24. Tucker
1: and I tried to do math last week you were missed in that moment. It was and It was very simple math. It was hard. Uh, yes, but, but to, to that point of uh, the fact that they've been able to continue to have that streak, it shows you that they've never been completely shut down, which Yeah. which I think is a, a good point. We talked about that a little bit last week. It shows you that the Chiefs are never just completely discombobled and shut down. They can at least, you know, and I say at least 150 passing yards.
0: Yeah. The offense air quote, struggling is relative yeah. to what you come to expect right, right. Uh, from yep. that group. And you say the offense has struggled a lot this season for the Chiefs, and they're still like sixth in scoring. I know. like we, They're we, still up there.
1: It's kind of like the kid with a silver spoon in their mouth being like, I don't have enough. it's like, my says, we, we got a lot here. I understand it's not the best right now, uh, but it's still way better spoon. than a lot of people's <laughs>
2: average.
0: Come back to your voice for the kid in the silver spoon.
2: But <laughs> I don't have enough.
0: <laughs> yes, you, know, you know what we do have enough of, and then that is Patrick Mahomes Nuggets in this segment. So when we move on to number four. This is the Patrick Mahomes segment uh, of this show. Mahomes is now twelve and zero in his career against the Denver Broncos. Like, I'm as no red. I wonder, as wonder red they red hate red. him. Like, how can you twelve and zero against one team to start a career? They never beat him. Obviously, that's what Broncos, crazy. But according to ESPN stats and info. Mahomes' 12-0 and mark against the Denver Broncos is the longest winning streak by a starting quarterback versus a single opponent to start a career since 1950. Mahomes owns the Broncos more than any other player to start a career in the history of the sport dating back to 1950.
1: Do you think he'll put maybe some Full ownership step. towards that franchise?
0: Should. Probably should. What is the They've been making some that? rough decisions lately this is Randy Gregory Frank Clark also Wilson somebody like all the memes coming out of I saw the Denver Broncos fan I'm sure if anybody following on social you've seen this if not you can look it up if you want on x what do you want to call it that somebody (laughs) put out the video of Frank Clark saying like the Chiefs don't see the Broncos as rivals it's like this man came in here, stole our money, insulted on us, dunked on us, and then is gonna wow. leave. <laughs> like that's his really career. Did. His career in Denver was a soundbite from a presser saying, like, Chiefs don't really see the Broncos. It's not a rivalry unless it's hard. <laughs> and he was telling the truth. Like, well, I'm just 12-0. It is not a rivalry. It is not you a win some to make it a rivalry. Yeah. And it's it was like that when the Broncos were really good. Like the Chiefs were not a rival when the games were not competitive, or there wasn't I guess the games are competitive. They've been close. I guess we should say, give a little bit of credit there, but uh, it is funny, I and mean, they talk about that. But um,
1: yeah, I know that we put out the tweet about you know should they bring Frank Clark back, regardless, regardless of how everyone feels about that. I just that his interviews are always superb. Oh yeah, he says anything. You have no so idea. He's so out of his mouth. You and you don't know what lane you're going down. Like the stories could go, <laughs> and I love it. I, I love it. So I, I
0: definitely miss that. One of my favorite dudes ever covered anyone who's ever followed me yeah about he's a lot of four fun. years knows how i feel about frank and i'd love it if he came back and before anybody out there is like oh he's expensive and we don't have money we're not talking about him. he could be on the practice squad yeah like you could just bring him in he could just hang out and if you need a guy that's you know what third all time in postseason sacks in nfl history come up and make a play in the playoffs yep. you got a guy and frank you know he's on. a good dude to have that locker rooms worked with okay. the other guys I uh, don't think he's be taking a ton of snaps. I am not want to talk about him being a starter or taking a ton of snaps away from anybody else, but there are snaps going to players right now outside of, I guess, Malik Herring had a really good game yesterday. I was talking to Craig Stout about that earlier, but there are guys, he's not going to be taking snaps from Chris Jones. He's not going to be taking snaps from George yeah, exactly. Loftus. There's guys who get in there and rotate, and Frank Clark brings value that we currently don't have just because he's better than the worst guy we have. So it's bringing that, that group up a little bit. So, but that is a different conversation for a different day. As soon as the rumors kick up, I'm sure they will uh, continue. People will continue to make that connection. All right, Patrick Mahomes surpasses Len Dawson. This Is an interesting one because he's 28 years old.
1: <laughs> Tucker just Tucker really likes one shots of me.
0: Okay, I just look up and you guys are giggling. With I have no idea what's going on.
1: I'm talking about you,
0: I goofed out. It's impressive, considering I'm sitting right here. <laughs> All right, I just. Do- With 30 completions on 40 pass attempts versus the Broncos, Mahomes has now completed 2,138 passes in his career, passing Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, the late, great Len Dawson, and his previous mark of 2,115 completions. Mahomes found Travis Kelsey on a nine-yard pass to move past Dawson. That's poetic and makes all the sense in the world. Mahomes' completions went to eight different receivers throughout the game, and he's now connected with 14 different receivers overall throughout this season. The fact that he holds the career record for completions and he's 28 years old will still not.
1: It's upsetting. It's upsetting in a good way that he's so young, accomplishing so much.
0: Sometimes these, we talked about this before, sometimes these stats, like it's really cool, but at the same time, it's like, man, didn't have anybody else since Len Dawson that played a lot.
1: Stop, Tucker. Do it again. No, no. What you said was interesting it's just that he laughed and then I looked at him and then I laughed and then I got really hot and I feel like I'm blending in with my sweater right now <laughs>
0: really we'll keep it we'll keep this thing moving
1: anyways yes to your point agreed um I'll leave it at that I just
0: I was just gonna let it sit so I we not keep the the one shot. On you. I apologize for anybody listening to the audio. You're not a lot of this won't make.
1: Basically, sense. Tucker only likes to take one shots of feet.
0: When I'm talking, he's like doing
1: We're trying to sell the podcast, BJ. Come on, you should,
0: you should just be you the whole time, and I'll just be like a voice in the background. We're going to do the ASMR episode. No. Let us know in the don't comment put section. My face if, over that, please. Let us know in the please, comment section if you want us my... to do an entire. I'll set voice. All right, top 10 mark for Mahomes. Another one of the crazy ones. This one I'm going to have to go through really slowly to give context because there's a lot of numbers here, but it's pretty fascinating. I uh, would we'll probably screenshot this, Tuck, and put it up on the post. Um, but oh, wow. Yeah. In tonight's victory over the Broncos, our Thursday night's victory over the Broncos, Patrick Mahomes totaled 306 passing yards, bringing his career total to 25,834 through his first seven seasons. His performance on Thursday helped him claim a spot in the top 10 for the most passing yards in their first seven years in the NFL, moving past Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, and Russell Wilson for eighth place. It marks Mahomes' 43rd career regular season game with 300 or more passing yards, extending his franchise record. And his 43 regular season games with 300 passing yards are the most by any quarterback in the NFL since 2007. So, Haley, the reason why I want to illustrate or like mm-hmm. visualize this is because you have the top ten quarterbacks that we're looking at here for most passing yards through the first seven seasons. The number of games played is the interesting part here. Yeah because Patrick Mahomes currently eighth and he's pretty close. He's a hundred yards. He's two hundred yards away from moving into like fifth. So like he's gonna move up pretty quickly on this list. But Peyton Manning holds the record with twenty nine thousand four hundred and forty-two passing yards in the first seven seasons but he did that in 112 games so Patrick Mahomes is 26 regular season games away from needing to get there and he's 3,800 yards short yeah also he- 3,600 yards short of that and that's almost two years of football like he's going to shatter all of these paces and records but the fact that you look at it and you see the 86 games and everybody, yeah. everybody else's, is well that's,
1: that's, that's the lowest amount of games listed here and that's eight it's like so the fact that he's going to quickly climb again i don't think people understand how good he is how how good he is early in his career and is continuing to now in his sixth year like it's 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 go yeah that's cool
0: that's the deborah done it and these are the types of things that he's going to continue to grab these yeah to prove it All right, we were going to take a break after the next one, but we've been talking a lot, so we're going to take a quick break right now. we come back, we're going to talk about Travis Kelsey.
3: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store, or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
4: We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil or trouble, Manscaped is all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treats this Halloween by going to Manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off plus free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code KCSN. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Welcome back to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. Appreciate you spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're listening to the podcast audio. We appreciate your support. We appreciate Mission Taco for being the presenting sponsor of this. Make sure to go check out uh, Mission Taco maybe some tacos talking about the guac earlier great that's good get the any given holiday drink It's awesome all right it's time for the travis kelsey segment okay travis kelsey tallied 109 receiving yards on seven receptions in the first half versus the broncos his 109 yard half is the second highest receiving yardage total in a first half in his career and is the third highest yardage total for any half in his career Kelsey went on to 124 receiving yards on the night, marking his 36th career game with at least 100 receiving yards. This further extends his record for most the hundred-yard receiving performances in Chiefs history, as well as most by a tight end in league history. When playing against Denver, this marks Kelsey, Kelsey's sixth game racking up at least 100 yards.
1: How does he? At some point, you would think, and I'm not saying that 34 is old. But in football terms, right, you would think that these numbers would start dwindling And I, mean, I kind of thought that last season would be the start of that. And that's no knock on the way he's playing. He's phenomenal and continues to be. But it just age wise and injuries and, you know, everything with your body, you would think that that was slowly decline and it just hasn't.
0: Saw Rick Burkholder, the Chiefs' you know vice president of sports medicine and mm-hmm. performance, had put out a tweet of David Glover. He's one of the athletic trainers for the Chiefs, working on Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was probably before the game. Looked like he was stretching or doing something. Uh, there wasn't a lot of context given, but it just goes to show when talking about Kelsey and his ability to get on the field or stay on the field or come back on the field after injury, toughing it out last week. Yeah. The Vikings playing on a short week this week and then setting records. Uh, it's unbelievable and as much as credit as we give Kelsey you've also got to get credit to the people behind the scenes that Getting have been doing credit, the work yeah. Julie Freimeyer got a ton of credit last year in talking about uh, or showing her working with Patrick Mahomes and I know with the franchise the uh, phenomenal behind the scenes show that the Chiefs in-house production team the 65TPT crew uh, puts that together and that it's amazing because you get to see the people doing the work that you don't really get to give the credit to but they're so instrumental in mm-hmm. getting them back out on the field. And Rick and that staff, they've been together for a number of years. It's a lot of the same people that were there, you know, when I started with the Chiefs back in 2014. It was Tiffany Morton and Evan Kraft and David Glover, and that crew has done such a good job and they're so such a tight-knit group of making sure that players trust them to get them ready to play. Uh, and that, again, as much as we talk about Travis Kelsey and everybody gives credit, also got to give credit to the people behind the scenes that are helping get these guys ready to go. It's toughness. It's all those things that we praise about Kelsey. But it's also the fact there's some phenomenal people around them that are doing a great job and going above and beyond um, the call of duty to to get those guys ready. So shout out Rick and the staff.
1: Yeah, definitely a team effort. And you also see, yeah, you talked about the toughness, toughen it out on the field. I mean coming back from high knee then a really tough ankle injury and we all thought was going to be way worse than it was Yeah, it takes grit out of a player to be able to do that so preparation
0: he's motivated
1: yeah <laughs> he
0: has a reason we won't, we won't get in to all of that you already know but uh, pretty cool seems like he's happy seems like it's all going well yeah. so happy for him alright we're still on the Travis Kelsey section by the way Travis Kelsey Total 124 yards on nine catches, including 40 yards after the catch. Kelsey's ability to stay on his feet after the catch brought his career yard after catch yards to 5,031 yards after the catch in his career, ranking as the most yak by a tight end in NFL history, dating back to 1992 when they started keeping track of this. Although I'm not sure anybody before that was getting a ton of yards after they were throwing the football quite as much. Um but since that time, only eight NFL players. And since that time, 1982, only eight NFL players have recorded at least 5,000 yards after the catch. Needing just nine yards heading into Thursday's contest. Kelsey now becomes an, against the ninth player to reach that mark. He passed pro football fame, Tony tight end, Tony Gonzalez, previous mark of 4,718 to move into the top spot in NFL history for yak by a tight end. Also not super surprising, but it's cool oh. just to give context to, um, what he's been able to do not just at the pinnacle and height of his career and I think that's a lot of the competition the competition the comparisons with Rob Gronkowski what he was able to do sure in the postseason specifically uh, but the longevity of what Kelsey has done and that no tight end NFL history had I believe 3,000 yard seasons in a row and Kelsey's done it seven seasons in a row and he's looking for an eighth uh, this season so just crazy and I'll let you read the next one I looked these up the really cool um, stats from from next gen Uh, I looked these up uh, last night, they were put out on social media. They were put out on X, uh, per next gen stats.
1: I don't like calling it X. Do you like calling it X? No.
0: But uh, I'm just going to say because tw- I'm, I'm always going to Making the decision right now. It's going to be Twitter. Because I got to say tweet. It's more nothing Twitter strange. as much as it is like, oh, this I, I saw this tweet. Can't say I saw this X.
1: Or like to see it on the X. It just sounds like the XXX X, X things you see on the, the highway. I on the X. It's just like, oh, don't.
0: X Factor. Dante Hall.
1: Okay. Let me let me let me give you the deets. Per pro football focus. Defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo blitz the Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. Oh no. The next gen stats,
0: I'm gonna read them real quick.
1: That's what you wanted me mm-hmm. to read. Mm-hmm.
0: Eight of Travis Kelsey's mm-hmm. nine receptions came against the Broncos defense in zone coverage, which I thought was interesting. Eight receptions for 121 yards. He's averaging five point one yards of separation on eight targets coming against zone coverage. He's averaging 5.1 yards of separation on his eight. Nobody was within 5.1 yards of him on average when he was catching these passes in zone coverage. Uh, and on top of that, and this was a separate tweet, just combine him, it's interesting. Travis Kelsey's seven of his nine receptions were on hitch routes, tied for the most receptions on hitches in a game since 2018. Kelsey has five more receptions, total of 18, on hitches than any other player this season and he's averaged 4.5 yards of target separation. Hey, This is a perfect stat that goes to the thing, the point that I had been making. It just this illustrates it better. Mm-hmm. Of Travis Kelsey's game, the way yeah. that he plays tight end will translate as his athleticism drops because he just knows how to get open. He knows how to read defenses, how to read a zone defense, how to manipulate the spacing and what the rules are for the defense and zone coverage. And that when you look at the at the actual tweet that shows his routes, he's just kind of running across the middle and just kind of like freelancing. And he's like, sure, what? I'm just going to kind of dance around. And Mahomes knows that wherever I am is where the open spot's going to be. And they just trust each other that much. And I compared it to like a you know 40-year-old Antonio Gates running around the field was not athletic at all. I was faster than Antonio Gates at that point, but he's getting open because he knew what to do. If Travis Kelsey wants to play for another several years, even if his athleticism is dropping, which people are making that point, here we are talking about yards after catch. So he's continuing to get to set records. But even if that is true or starts to happen, his game will translate to where he's still going to be the best, if not, one of the best tight ends in football.
1: I think this is a big point of what differentiates him from when back in super Bowl fifty four when they were doing that whole kittle comparison to Kelsey, also bringing in, you know, Gronk the next season, he has, in my mind, and I think statistically now, completely separated himself from. From that conversation. Those are two yeah. phenomenal tight ends. There's no taking away from them. It's just his overall game. Yeah. And what he's been able to do consistently is unmatched by either.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be cool in 20 years And we talk to people about like we got to see Travis yeah. playing. We got yeah, to see really. him play throughout his his prime. That's our generation's dude, mm-hmm. and obviously Mahomes and Chris Jones is in that mix with what he's doing. We're gonna talk about Chris Jones here in a minute. But sorry to interrupt, you can get back to number six.
1: I'm nervous. I started reading that so confidently too, and I was like, Mm-mm. I
0: was like no, 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 no." I looked no, I found these stats, like I copied basically these in here. Let's like talk about it. Read the script. Okay, Share our you know. extra insight. It's it's interesting context for it, it is. It is a lot of zone cuts and didn't work.
1: This is the stat. This is what you got in here, per Pro Football Focus, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo blitzed. Russell Wilson nine times last night on those plays Wilson completed just two of eight passes for 13 yards and two interceptions. That is a 1.6 YPA. Coming into it, Wilson was better than 65 percent, 11 touchdowns and two interceptions.
0: Yeah, Russell Wilson is not was not. I know last night did not play well, and a lot of people are talking about it. Coming into that game, Russell Wilson not that he'd been great, not that he's validating the trade they made for him or the money that they were paying him. But also, Wilson was not terrible. playing poorly. Yeah, like I said, he's completing better than sixty-five percent of his passes. Eleven touchdowns, two interceptions, and he comes against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs defense comes and does what it's been doing so far this year, and just proving that they are a reason the Chiefs are winning football games. And that is complementary football. It is not about the Chiefs offense and defense needing to both be at their absolute best in week six it is about getting these guys ready and hopefully can you say
1: that again please for everyone it is is not not
0: about both of these (laughs) sides of the football and even special teams we'll talk about buck here in a minute it's not about all of these playing their best football in week six it is a a grind and a maturation process throughout the season to get to where you're playing your best football at the end of the year and the scary part is that we have all made the point about steve spagnolo that you don't judge a spag's defense until after halloween and the first six <laughs> weeks of every season he's That's trying true. a lot of different things to see what that group does the best mm-hmm. and then starts to like focus in on that this is what it was He was the head coach of the st louis rams it was what it was when he was with the new york giants and it's what he's done so far in his time with the kansas city chiefs and it's scary to think if the defense is if you look at the numbers if it's that much better after halloween in the mm-hmm. past and it's going to be the same this year how much better can this group get the fact that Charles Aminehu. I'm about to
1: say, yeah, comes back. Another get addition. Get Another addition. Right. Uh, yeah, defense, I mean, we continue to talk about it every single week. It continues to get a little bit better. Good seeing Bolton back in last night. Want to talk about Chris Jones?
0: We're going to talk about the linebackers here in a minute. You want to talk about Chris Jones? Yeah,
1: let's talk about Chris Jones. Chris Jones now has 70.5 career sacks after finding Wilson for two and a half sacks. He first took down Wilson in the second quarter, splitting the sack with George Karloftis for a loss of seven yards. In the fourth quarter, Jones again found Wilson, this time working with Mike Dana. That was Jones' fifth consecutive game to start the season with at least 1.0 sacks. With five consecutive games, with a sack to start his season, he has now passed linebacker Derek Thompson. Wow, Hall of Famer there. For a franchise record. Oh, what did I say? Thompson. Why did I say that? Why did I? was gonna let it him? go, why did but they add a thing to it for
0: that. It's Derek Thomas.
1: I know who that is. I don't
0: know why. No, I know you know that. who it is, but um, yeah.
1: Anyways, surpassed him for the franchise record for consecutive games to start a player season with 1.0 sack. Wow. Also, week sixteen of last season, tying Justin Houston the second longest streak in franchise history. He already holds the franchise record with 11-game streak. That was back in 2018, which was an incredible season for him as well. So, continues to pick up.
0: He's awesome. It seems to make plays in big situations. There was another play last night. It wasn't one of the sacks, but I don't think it went down as a tackle for loss. It was right at the line of scrimmage, but it was right after. I want to say it was right after the Trent McDuffie got flagged uh, play for Mm -hmm. tackling the quarterback um, and not setting him down gently. Uh, i think it was the next play chris jones you could just tell in between snaps like he was not happy yeah and like he's gonna make a play it's not saying it'd be some strip fumble but like he gets mad and you could just see the way he's on the field like he's about to and like show his dominance and yeah it's exactly what he did and he's continuing to show he's making it easy right now he's backing up all of the points that he made through his actions with holding out and saying that he wanted more money and he wanted a raise and he can get into the the numbers and the negotiations and the leverage and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he is backing up and playing like the player that he said he deserved to get paid like. And I got to respect it.
1: Hey, the man. I mean, well, he's man. he's continued to. I, I, I we were talking about it just last week. How he has only you know a game less than everyone else, but has continued to have a sack every game, and then he does it again last night. He's
0: a good football player.
1: He. Yeah, he, I've heard he is. I've seen that he is as well. That's true.
0: All right. Number eight, Justin Reed. He had a big night.
1: He's a good football player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In the first quarter of Thursday's victory over Denver, Justin Reed was able to take down Russell Wilson for a three-yard sack. Reed's sack created a turnover on downs, giving the Chiefs offense their first opportunity to take the field. And that sack marked his first sack of the season, his second sack since joining the Chiefs. and brings his career total to four. Reed went on to have a productive night totaling five tackles, including one for loss, one quarterback pressure, one pass defensed, and an interception to go along with that. We'll just move right on to number nine because that interception was credited because Willie Gay tipped the ball and it was a great night for the Chiefs linebacker group as a whole. Let's talk about Willie Gay tipping that ball into Justin Reed's hands for the interception. Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson was searching for Greg Dolchitz, the tight end out of UCLA a few years ago uh, for that play. I don't know why I put that nugget in there other than the fact that i like greg Dolchitz coming out of the draft that year okay and i'll always remember that i thought he was gonna be a dude for denver um we'll take nugget yeah you're welcome and reed was able to snag the interception and return it for an 11-yard gain i wish he would have stiff-armed him because i had tweeted out to him he had just read to put on twitter that uh what play was it what play was it that the refs were going to get upset about yeah oh your pick six and as soon as the pass got deflected and I saw him, I was happening. like, oh, oh, he's got, because if he doesn't make that, if that receiver, first of all, that was actually a really nice play from the receiver to come tackle him on that. Because if he doesn't tackle him, he's gone. It was Russell Wilson and tackling him. But if he just switched the ball in his other hand and gave him a little stiff arm, it would have been, been the pick six. So it, been, it wasn't a perfect game. Could have been a little bit better. You know, he got something to strive for.
1: But there were some sparks, definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: we given bringing those.
0: But yeah, Gay led the. I see Bolton back. Yes, and we'll get to that here a sec. So Gay led the defense in tackles on the night, totaling six. He had a fumble recovery late in the fourth quarter to helped seal the victory. Uh, and then, yeah, Justin Reed, five tackles, including one for loss, sack, quarterback pressure, and his interception. Uh, but yeah, Ball Hawk Bolton, Nick Bolton, who was, was Pro Football Focus's highest-graded Chiefs What's defensive really? player. Yeah, he returned after missing three games with that ankle injury. He snagged an interception in the first quarter. And the Chiefs got the ball back at the 42 yard line. So it gave him great field possession. That was Bolton's third career interception and in his first of the 2023 season. He finished the game with four tackles, three of which were solo, along with a pass defense and that interception. And again, highest rated player from Pro Football Focus. I think he had a 90 grade on his uh, coverage. So hey, that's something for the way that people have talked about Bolton over the over the years. So great there. And then finally, Drew Tranquil. He halts the Broncos drive. He put an end to the Broncos drive late in the first half with a three-yard sack of Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson on a third and two play to force a punt. It was Tranquil's first full sack of the season and brings his total to one and a half on the year and eight for his career. Finished the game with three solo tackles, including one for loss and a quarterback hit to go along with that sack. So between Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, Nick Bolton, Mm -hmm. and then his pro football focus grade was really not good and i'm talking about leo chanel leo oh, chanel's pro football case. focus grade was not good but i remember the play that he made in the red zone where he came up and hit him and then tranquil finished him off and what everybody in our section at arrowhead was screaming that's a safety and it was like if you haven't learned about forward progress after the titans playoff game two years ago like i don't know what to tell you oh, but, uh it was great to see him that's run awesome. through the, the hole. it sounds like according to the the experts over at Pro Football Focus at grading the games that uh, didn't have a great game overall, according to them. But mm-hmm. I do remember that play. And overall, we can say that the Chiefs linebacker group had a great game as the defense. is pretty good and dominant overall.
1: Yeah, definitely a great draft addition. And then also an offseason addition, great and tranquil. That was wonderful. wonderful. Wonderful to see what they've built up over the last, what, three, four years? When Gay, Gay was 2020, 2020? And then mm-hmm. Bolton yep. was after him?
0: Always liked Willie. Like, I thought he was going to be like a fan favorite. He is because he's the energy giver. Like, he's the guy that gets the crowd going. I thought Leo Chanel, same kind of reason, just because he's a guy who makes plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage, watching his highlights in college. He's a rush Sam. So, it's a fun position (laughs) uh, for fans to kind of get behind and support. But um, we've made it all the way to number 10 on the last one. And for those of you that are paying attention, there's one person that we have not talked about that had a hell of a performance on Thursday night against the Broncos. So, let's give Harrison Butker a little love.
1: Harrison Bucker, he did some things. He kicked some balls and they went through. And that is the jest. 60-yard field goal in the first half. Harrison Bucker set a new career high for consecutive field goal attempts converted to start a season with 14. The 60-yarder matched the second longest field goal of his career history, second longest goal in franchise history, trailing only his own franchise record, which was a 62-yarder. I remember watching that one. uh, Versus Buffalo on October 16th of 2022. He added field goals of 35, 25, 52 as well. Made field goals of 50 plus yards in the game, 60 and 52. They are tied for the most in a single game in franchise history. Um, He was responsible for 13 of the 19 points. Leading scorer, Harrison Bucker.
0: Uh.
1: Always love to see that. Uh, Perfect four for four and one for one on extra four for four on field goals, one for one extra points. That's a career high for consecutive games to start the season without a miss.
0: Pretty good. I will say solid. that field goal would have been good from 75 yards. We Megan and, me, and I were sitting. Yeah. And Megan and I were sitting on the in the first row in the top level around like the 40 yard line. Mm-hmm. And you have a good view of like the sure. angle at which it kicked. And as soon as he kicked it, I audibly said, and if you have earbuffs for anybody with kids, second he kicked that ball, like, holy shit, like he just kicked the hell out of that ball. And then it hits the net, like not halfway up, but maybe third of the way up like that would have been good from at least 70 if not 75 and yes it was wind aided 100 but he absolutely drilled that football and mm-hmm. it just made me want to see him attempt a 75 yard field goal just to see what it would look
1: like. i just love what they've been able to do and the issues you know uh, um, yeah and and just finally finding the rhythm together and now back on pace and he's not dealing with injury i mean he was injured week one of last year uh, just to be yeah. able to be fully healthy, have everything on pace with his his unit, and, and now be able to just be solid for the Chiefs. I mean, we are very fortunate to have a kicker that they constantly rely on. Um, second yeah. best kicker in the NFL. Right?
0: Yeah, like I, Tucker. I think the fact that we talk about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Chris mm-hmm. Jones and all these guys that we spend, you know, almost every generally on Monday mornings talking about or Monday afternoons. The fact that they've got one of the better, if not the best punter in the NFL, Tommy Townsend, what he's been able to do. And then obviously Harrison Butker stepping up and playing really well on Thursday, but throughout his career and talk about guys that are slowly putting together like all time type careers. You start looking at some of the paces and records and things that Butker has done pretty damn impressive. And I didn't want to make I wanted to get all that out before he made the negative point, because the one thing if you had to pick one thing to pick apart from the Thursday night game for the chiefs offense it was the red zone they have been so good this okay. year in the red zone i don't have the numbers in front of me i have not looked up the numbers i used to have access to this program called stats pass where you could look up rankings of everything very easily it was awesome oh. i want to know where the chiefs red zone offense ranks <laughs> cut that out. yeah i cut that out <laughs> um, i think we should try this after <laughs> but it they've got to be one of the best if not top five in the NFL in red zone offense and last night they went one of five and against a really good team that the game's going to be a little tighter that could have come back to hurt them had the defense not been as dominant and how much of it was Russell Wilson being bad Sean Payton calling a bad game and how much of Chiefs defense being dominant Mm -hmm. it's a Chiefs show we're Chiefs fans so we're going to say Chiefs defense was dominant but going up against a better team you can't expect to win big games down the stretch going one of five inside the red zone like they have to convert and be better, whether it's the short yardage stuff or just the play calling, the execution, the awareness of you know, execution of the play, I should say. They've got to be better inside the red zone. So if I'm picking things apart for the Chiefs offensively, one thing, red zone offense is where it it was annoying to watch in person because you know that they're better than that. Expected to see Travis Kelsey get some passes and in the end zone give Justin Ross a shot with some stuff they had a couple plays or at least formations dialed up where it felt like hey Justin they were like three by one at one point in one of the plays I think it was a bubble to to Tony is the play they ended up calling but like Justin Ross was one-on-one there was no safety they were about the 10-yard line it was like they're about to throw I looked at Megan I was like they're gonna throw a corner to Justin Ross like this is set up perfectly for and they didn't it's got to be a play call it's in there somewhere but surprised he hasn't gotten a look Mm -hmm. down there in the red zone yet this year, but that's you know one what? BJ negative Chris. takeaway. Outside of parking. You watched Love is Blind I all I night start.
1: long in the parking lot.
0: We sat for about 45 minutes in lot A, watched an episode of Love is Blind before we left and still got stuck in traffic <laughs> and the route that we had to take in order yeah, to I get can't
1: home. imagine. What uh, time did you guys actually get home?
0: 12, 15. Oof. Something like that. We sat there for like yeah. 45 minutes to let it die so down yeah. i'm not the guy that's gonna like inch along like get to my car and yeah it's just saying when i inch just for the next you'll get home faster but i'll just chill why when you get hang out it's not like catch, that i get a ton of time to catch an to episode so <laughs> staying hanging out in the parking lot oh i love it Seats back and watching it on her phone um yeah watching uchi uj and all oh, his drama on love is blind I Don't <laughs> watch the show any. Maybe anybody listening to the show did, but following along with that.
1: Well, hey, there's another there's another game coming up next Sunday, so maybe it runs a little bit better than.
0: Yeah, that would be a big one. Um, obviously, going off that was my Chargers. way of spinning it positive. <laughs> <laughs> I attempted. Well, we can start looking for because the I mean the Chiefs. I look up the division records right now, but yeah, sit so top five and one. Obviously, played an extra game, but mm-hmm. Chargers at two and two raiders at two and three broncos at one and five pretty much out of it at this point so uh chargers they gotta win this week because they're two and three they go in the chiefs could basic the chargers and raiders lose the next games and the chiefs win a couple like they're gonna have a three-game lead seven eight games into the season nice uh it starts to pull up it's nice they're <laughs> gonna pull away with it again uh
1: yeah i like it
0: everybody picked a lot of people pick the chargers to win the division again beautiful thing.
1: Whamp, whamp. Well, we'll see. We'll
0: see what happens. Yeah, and the charge, oh, oh, What did you look up? You know the Chargers play this week? I just looked it up. I didn't know. It's, on, it's in primetime on the 16th. Oh, I'm Monday so night. Stupid. They played Monday night football.
1: I was like, they play the
0: Chiefs. What do you mean? Oh, they're going to have a <laughs> short week. They've got a home game. It's a home game against the Dallas Cowboys. See? Mm.
3: Oof.
0: Good luck. Good luck with that defense. Then they got to deal with the cheese. That's like two top five defenses in a row. Old Kellen Moore and company.
1: We we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you, Herbie. All
0: right. Well, we appreciate everybody for battling through this with us and um, <laughs> listening to the audio or watching Haley in her one shot the whole time. I'm so, so sorry you're have... listening to the audio. I'm just... <laughs> We're still tired today. I had to manufacture a little bit Sleepy. Sleepy. So. We appreciate all you for hanging out. We appreciate your support of what we got going on at KC Sports Network. Please uh, let us know in the comment section if we missed anything or what your favorite stat or nugget was from this. Again, shout out to Pro Football Focus, Next Gen Stats, Chief Communications Department for helping put a lot of this information to Gajah. And uh, yeah, only weird games. Check that out. And Casey Lab, both are recording. We'll see you later.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?